Hello students of Seneca, this is Lee Mai and welcome to this episode of the night before your English Literature A-Level Paper 1, where we'll be focusing on Othello. In today's podcast, I'll be talking you through a worked essay question worth 25 marks and we'll then round off with the infamous Seneca stress buster. But before we get started, just a quick reminder that Seneca will be holding two live streams on our YouTube channel every weekday during exams starting at 4.45 and 5.30. The essay question that we'll be tackling today is as thus. Othello is more about the absurdity of jealousy than its destructive power. How far do you support this statement? So let's start with with the introduction. Most students get stumped with an introduction, but all you need to do is keep it simple. You just want to provide a little bit of context, a little bit of background about what you'll be discussing and keep it quite short, just a few sentences. So we could start off with something like Othello, bracket 1603, close bracket, is a dramatic tragedy which has, at the heart of its drama, an examination of the issue of jealousy. The main strand of jealousy in the play is that arising from Othello believing that his wife, Desdemona, is having an affair with his newly promoted lieutenant, Cassio. As the play progresses, Shakespeare presents Othello as becoming jealous of Cassio, absurdly thinking that he is being cuckolded by his comrade-in-arms. And then you could give a little bit of context. So in you could say in a Shakespearean comedy, such absurd jealousy would usually result in farce and chaos in a green world But here, this absurdity doesn't stop. It actually results in destructive power, with Desdemona and several other characters' lives being cut short. Then conclude it with something like, Shakespeare presents jealousy as raging so hard through the play that it kills. It may be the case that, whilst it is absurd to conceive of its power in this way, it still has an incredible power that destroys the close community of characters within the play. Now, a few points you could make, or a few quite obvious points that come to mind when you think of jealousy in Othello are obviously number one, um, Iago's jealousy. So Iago's jealousy of not um, receiving the promotion. Another point you can make is racial jealousy. Um, And perhaps the most prevalent of all, which obviously leads leads to Othello's demise, is his jealousy um, in thinking that Desdemona uh, was cheating on him. So point one, Iago's jealousy. You could start this off with saying there's a strand of jealousy operating in the play which initiates the tragic villain Iago's plan to humiliate Othello. This is the fact that Iago has been passed over for promotion by the younger and less experienced Cassio. Iago says, One Michael Cassio of Florentine, a fellow almost damned in a fair wife, that never set a squadron in the field. The older and world-weary Iago is jealous and angry about this, and so seeks revenge on Othello. On the other hand, this rage about promotion is clearly absurd because Othello still initially values Iago's allegiance, but on the other hand, this act unleashes a destructive power within Iago that proves unstoppable in the tragedy. 
He becomes utterly fixated on humiliating Othello, Desdemona and Cassio. Shakespeare therefore presents him as a manifestation of evil, a classic tragic villain. Moving on to point two, we could talk about the we could talk about racial jealousy. So the play begins by exploring the theme of jealousy. Iago and Rodrigo are outside of Brambanchio's residence and they taunt him about his daughter being stolen by a black man. Iago says, even now, now, very now, an old black ram is tapping your white ewe. Shakespeare has then used lots then uses lots of racist imagery to make Brabancho jealous and Iago admits to Rodrigo that he intends to take advantage of Othello. Events lead to Othello being called to justify his actions before the Duke of Venice with an accusation that Othello has used rich witchcraft to steal away Desdemona. Brabancho even says that thou hast practised on her with foul charms. So moving on to our next point that we can make, uh, planting the seeds for the affair. So all of this racial jealousy is proven to be completely absurd because Othello speaks very eloquently about how he and Desdemona fell in love. The absurdity of their slights are proven by the Duke of Venice, but at the same time, he knows Othello is needed to help him, help them fight the Turks. So despite this initial setback, Iago is still motivated to unleash the, his destructive power upon Othello. His four main soliloquies in the play help the audience understand this. In them, he confesses his motivation. Iago's jealousy dominates his existence. He will not rest until he sees Othello brought down. There's even a thread in the play that, at some point in the past, Othello slept with Iago's wife, Amelia. And we have a quote, I hate the more, and it is thought abroad that twixt my sheets he has done my office. End quote. Although this isn't fully explained. Um, if this did happen, it would obviously motivate Iago's jealousy. And Shakespeare consciously shapes the audience's feelings in this manner and arguably always succeeds in getting the audience to side with Iago. And then leading on to the probably the most prevalent example of jealousy in Othello, um, that being Othello thinking that his wife has been cheating on him or unfaithful. Um, so next point, we could talk about suspicions arising in Act 3. So the bulk of the rest of the play, particularly Acts 3 and 4, are filled with Iago working on Othello to insinuate that Desdemona is sleeping with Cassio. Shakespeare has Iago drop false leads and clues and makes accusations to convince Othello that this affair is going on behind his back and that Desdemona is unfaithful to him. A classic moment in the play is when the party arrive in Cyprus and Cassio politely greets and kisses Desdemona. This gives Iago the chance to work upon Othello's mind. However, when we step back from the play, we actually see that it is absurd for Cassio and Desdemona to be having an affair. Desdemona has mainly been with Othello since marrying him, and in the short time it's taken for them to travel to Cyprus, there's been no time for an affair or for them to sleep together. This is what makes Othello's jealousy so ludicrous. Iago has a way of convincing Othello that things have happened, and Othello believes everything that Iago says, because he is fixated on the issue and underconfident about his marriage. 
This leads us nicely onto how Iago successfully sows these seeds of doubt in Othello's mind, inevitably sealing Othello's fate. So if Othello could only step back and see logically what had happened, then the play would not be heading towards tragic destruction. However, by the end of Act 3, Domino is already toppling. This is why the tragedy in the play is so absurd. All the while, Iago talks about jealousy to his commander. And you can use a quote here. So, oh, beware, my lord, of jealousy. It is the green-eyed monster which doth mock the meat it feeds on. Close quote. All the while, Othello says that he will not be jealous with lines such as this. Open quote. I'll see before I doubt. When I doubt, prove. And on a proof, there is no much, there is no more but this. Away at once with love or jealousy. End quote. However, the audience knows that the feeling is growing inside of him. Uh, at the end of the act, Iago has worked his magic. Othello says, and I quote, and your unblessed fate highs, strumpet I come, end quote. In act four, we can see that Shakespeare keeps on manipulating um, with Iago. So Iago knows that what he's doing is, is absurd, but he's now a puppet master and Othello is very much his puppet. Iago plants the handkerchief in Cassio's lodgings, then tells Othello to watch Cassio's reactions while Iago questions him. From me and everyone else at Seneca, we wish you all the very best of luck. Bye. The climax of the play then comes and here we see the full force of jealousy's destructive power. Othello confronts Desdemona and then strangles her in their bed. When Amelia arrives, Desdemona defends her husband before dying and Othello accuses Desdemona of adultery. She says, she's like a liar gone to burning hell. End quote. Amelia calls for help. When Othello mentions the handkerchief as proof, Amelia realises what her husband Iago has done and she exposes him. Iago then kills her. Jealousy hair is no longer absurd and comical. It is very much real and tragic. We can also draw on other examples of jealousy in the play. We could talk about minor jealousies. So, for instance, minor jealousies with Bram Brabantio, where he's ethnically jealous and is therefore racist in his view of Othello. Or we could talk about minor jealousy in Bianca. Bianca is a relatively minor character, um, but the issue of jealousy does also impact on her. So in Act 3, Iago reveals to the audience that as he has the handkerchief that Othello gave to Desdemona as a token of love, he will lose it in Cassio's house. Um, this ignites. Cassio finds it, admires it, and so he asks Bianca to make a copy for him. And this ignites jealousy in Bianca because she's already angry with Cassio for ignoring her. But this jealousy is hardly absurd because it's valid to be jealous of an affair. Um, and to conclude, you can talk about how Othello is very much about jealousy's destructive power. Jealousy, after all, leads to death, horror and self-analysis. It creates classic moments of reflection and understanding for both the tragic hero, Othello, and the tragic victim, Desdemona, both of them manipulated by a tragic villain, Iago. That said, sometimes the, ab the absurd nature of jealousy can kickstart the destruction. To say that one form of jealousy dominates over the other is false. The absurdity of jealousy motivates destructive power and vice versa.
So to finish off, we're going to take a few moments to go through the stress buster, which will hopefully help to calm your nerves and make sure you're in great condition for tomorrow. So today we have the friend's guide to examine stress. So what to do, do see your mates and do do some sport to help you de-stress. If sports isn't normally your thing, that's absolutely fine. Just try and go out for a walk. You'll be surprised at how much good fresh air can do for you. Do take regular study breaks. Um, good luck for your exams. We're going to be releasing night before podcasts before every exam. And if you head on over to YouTube on every weekday, we are going to be doing live streams at 4.45 and 5.30. So make sure you subscribe. And while you're at it, rate us five stars. We're amazing. <laughs> good luck.